When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Roger Goodell announcing the Vikings pick right now. As soon as we get it, we will relay it to you. Score North coverage of the Vikings draft. It is Ezra Cleveland, okay. the offensive tackle from Boise State. Your immediate reaction. Ezra Cleveland is Brian O'Neill 2.0. He is tall at six foot six, over 300 pounds. He is incredibly fast and athletic and is a perfect fit for what Gary Kubiak wants to do with his offensive line. And what makes him especially interesting for the Vikings is the possibility that he could play guard at first and then move out to left tackle, or they could decide to start him at left tackle if they like his potential there over Riley Reef and move Reef. But I, I think that there is a real option for him to start at the guard position and then develop for a year. So left guard, you think? And left guard, okay. and then to give them a better chance at left guard against some of those bigger power guys in the interior because he is six foot six, three hundred eleven pounds. But what you'll really love to see is how he run blocks, how quick he is, how he moves, and then his athleticism when he makes mistakes. This is one of the things that go under the category of you can't teach is when someone makes a mistake like Brian O'Neill. Remember his first year, how he didn't give up sacks, but he had given up a lot of pressures? And we yeah. all were like, that's kind of weird. Yeah. Uh, well, one of the reasons was when he gave up a pressure, he could kind of still find a way. Just find a way to get a hand on somebody Move somebody just enough. Well, I think Ezra Cleveland has the same type of potential. And when you look at uh, his production at Boise State, again, it's not against the best possible competition. But in 502 pass blocking snaps, he gave up just three sacks, seven hurries, and two hits. I mean, that's that's really good production. And he is a highly experienced player with three years playing over 900 snaps. Interesting. Okay. So that this makes it back-to-back picks then by the Vikings that they got highly experienced players who have a lot yep. who who will come in, not saying as finished products, but they certainly won't be young and raw. Correct. That's Correct. very. This, this strikes me as a coaching staff that probably values that greatly. This is somebody who has played a lot of football, and if you were at the NFL Combine, that's where he did make a name for himself. I mean, he was in the conversation for a second or third rounder, but he got into the conversation as a first rounder potentially Mm -hmm. when he went to the combine. And one thing that Pro Football Focus does is it gives you the percentile against their position for what he ran and things like that. His 40-yard dash was in the 97th percentile. His broad jump was in the 88th, and his bench was in the 90th. So not only fast, but also big and also strong. 
So his potential and his ceiling is very, very high. And it's somebody that, you know, if he ends up working out, he could play left tackle for a long time. Or if they feel like he's more of a right tackle, maybe you do slide Brian O'Neill over. He gives you some options. But, but the bottom line here is they didn't get cute with this. They didn't get yes. That's very well put. They didn't get convinced and sort of awed by oh, there's a lot of good defensive and, players. And on for the board. two days, they have not gotten cute. That's right. I don't think that that's the right. last two days have been cute. I think they've been efficient. That's right. They've done exactly what the right thing was to do. The right thing to do was to draft Ezra Cleveland, the offensive tackle. If it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. But of these three picks, a receiver that dropped a cornerback that you desperately needed, yep. and a tackle... With experience again, too. Right. With I a, love that fact. With experience and a tackle to help protect Kirk Cousins. They needed better pass protection for Cousins. And I think it's possible that he helps with that right away at the guard position, and then long-term could help with that a lot at the tackle position. If there are concerns about Cleveland, what would they be immediately, do you think? Well, I think it's exactly what you said about playing at Boise State, is okay. that he isn't somebody who has played against edge rushers that reflect Khalil Mack. Sure. <laughs> or, or the power of someone like Akeem Hicks if he has to play guard. He has not seen that. Um, he has to play a little bit probably tougher than he has. Um, but, you know, even from a technique standpoint, because of the amount that he's played, it gives him a good chance. Like, I can't tell you as well as Mike Tice can if his technique is perfect on this, that, or the other thing. But somebody who has taken over 1,500 pass-blocking snaps. Mm-hmm. Think about, like, Mekhi Becton was under 100, I, I think. Was he really? Like, yeah. I mean, Mekhi Becton had barely ever taken true pass-blocking snaps where you have a quarterback just taking the snap, dropping back. Yeah. Ezra Cleveland okay. has taken a lot of those. So that's your only question is, is he going to be able to you know, handle the power, handle the speed? But when someone has the athleticism, it gives you a lot more hope that they possibly can. And uh, this, was the, this was the best pick they could make. Jones is a good player and more of a true left tackle than Cleveland. So you know, I did like the idea of Jones. But you can't potentially play Jones at guard like you might be able to with Ezra Cleveland right away. So th- this basically tells us that the plan for uh, 2020 is then to play Reef at left tackle and to have Cleveland inside at left guard. So that that's probably the plan then, correct? That, that I think so. Reef is going to get at least one more year as the Vikings left tackle. And if they do move on, that it's not going to be until 21 yep. when he might kick back outside or kick outside, I should say, to left and, tackle. And, you know, it's a position that they definitely needed, but it is not a pure, like, desperation position. The, the offensive of line tackle. just needs to be improved. Yes. If yes. that makes sense. You like, need to just keep pouring yes. assets into it. You can't ignore it as much as they have and not expect that to come back and bite you in the butt. So when left tackle last year, when Riley Reef ranked 26 out of 60 by Pro Football Focus, that is not a position that, oh my gosh, if you don't draft someone and, and put them in right away, that Kirk Cousins will be leaving in a body bag. I mean, like right. I, I trust Riley Reef on a week-to-week basis to go out there and be a solid player for your team. And if Rashad Hill has to come in, 
for him with some injuries for a year, mm-hmm. then you feel pretty good about that. He can pass protect, not great. It's not T.J. Clemmings. Right. Exactly. You are I not mean, we, talking we've about seen, desperation. We've seen that film, and that's a very yes. scary film. Yes. But what your hope is, yep. is that long-term, and I'll include Drew Samia in this, this group that you've drafted the past few years develops to be a rock-solid offensive line that you can keep for a long time. Yes. Maybe if it works out for them. You know, Brian O'Neill on the right side, Ezra Cleveland on the left side, Drew Samia and Garrett Bradbury, and then whoever at right guard, all of a sudden the offensive line looks like a position that you've invested a lot in and have a good chance to build up in front of your quarterback. And over the next couple of years, right. it looks like you're going to have Kirk Cousins there. So he's a guy that needs a lot of help from his pass protection. And uh, Denzel Mims just went to the Jets. Yep, the Jets. So he's... Finally off the board after uh, dropping in some you know people's what? minds. His combine strikes me as a Jets type of player. Yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm predicting eight drop passes in the first four games next season. Our buddy Jeremy Fowler says that the deal with Trent Williams is officially off the table with Ezra Cleveland. Well, I mean, confirmed. Well, yeah. Like, we knew that, but well, and here's just, my question. it's official. My question is this. Did Washington continue to ask for too much, or did this come down to a trade actually could have been made but the Williams camp said, you know, let's say five years, guarantee, blah, blah, blah. Because I don't blame, if that if that's what this came down to, the one thing where I won't blame the Vikings is if he came to them and basically said, um, Tunsil just broke the bank and I want to be right there. Mm-hmm. I'd say no, too. Well, earlier today, I don't know if you were listening because you might have been taking a nap and I getting ready for this. took a very nice nap. This I afternoon. changed my mind earlier today on Trent Williams. After seeing what Laramie Tunsil got, because I just it's too well, ri- too you can't rich. Pay, you can't pay that much. Too rich for my blood. I mean, not only does this team want to screw around and want a second round pick right. for him, but then he's going to want to be probably a top five paid tackle. He's over thirty years old. He has not played sixteen games, Trent Williams, yes. since two thousand thirteen. I mean, the only the that's, only that's way too much for me. Give me the draft. Pick. The only way that, that I would have felt in the least bit comfortable giving him a long term deal with guaranteed cash is if I had violated the league rules and had my doctors <laughs> no I'm yeah. dead serious yeah. If, yeah if I had if I had said ah, you know what I'll probably get caught and I'll be fine but if my doc <laughs> no I mean the guy had cancer so this is not yeah. a yeah. twisted ankle or something so the only way that I would be comfortable giving a 31 year old who just to your point now hadn't played 16 games in several years and didn't play a game a snap in 2019 would be for my doctors to come back and say he is in great shape and if you don't know that i can't give in to, to the contract demands even then i feel like that is still very very risky to even get a guy who has had so many injuries in the past so even though he doesn't have one now and he's got a clean bill of health and then they just don't really have the cap space to do it i would much rather have Anthony Harris and Ezra Cleveland and Riley Reef on my team than one Trent Williams that I don't know what I'm going to get. The man has not played in the NFL in now a long time. And this whole deal with Washington, you know, it, it's been a complete mess and I feel bad for him, but it also certainly brings into question the... what he's going to be able to bring to an Absolutely, NFL team yeah. again. Yes. He started to slip a little with all those injuries piling up, mm-hmm. and those just don't go away and all heal forever because you've sat for a year. So, you know, if they had done it, I would have said, well, that's a chips to the middle of the table type of move, and you got to respect it. But 
um, not doing it and getting your tackle because you were just patient. That is the the main story here for the Vikings over the last two days is that sometimes in the draft, patience costs you, and sometimes it pays the heck off, and it is paid off in spades for the Vikings in these two days. In your mind, has Pat Elfline started his last game as a Viking? I think so. It's just such a liability in pass protection. And Cleveland can step in, hopefully, for their sake, immediately Yeah, at guard. With his athleticism, yep. somebody who runs a sub-540 and had like great three-cone and quickness, has a lot of experience playing, you could put him in at guard and have a chance right away to make an impact there and be a better pass protector. There will be... Uh, especially in a, in a short type of season or, or training camp without the off season and so forth, there will be some growing pains for him as a guard, but you need someone who could pass protect at guard. You have such a tough division with so many monsters going at you from week to week in this uh, schedule that the Vikings have. They're going to have to play in Dominican Sioux in the a- uh, NFC South. They're going to have to play Grady Jarrett, who absolutely mauled them last year. Like You need <laughs> yeah, pass pro. And the other thing, too, is that Kirk Cousins is impacted by interior pass rush more than other quarterbacks are yep. because there are a lot of quarterbacks who step up, they slide, they move around, yep. and, and it doesn't hurt them that much. Uh, he's That's not Green one Bay, of them. <laughs> Packers, Bears, right? Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of teams that they're going to face that have good interior rush. So it would make a lot of sense to start Cleveland and just say, thanks for the memories, Pat Elfline. And then, you know, say, hey, Drew Samia, you want to play on the right side or compete. Right. You, you know, uh, compete with uh, Pat Elfline and uh, Drew Samia. Give Samia every opportunity to prove that. You know, he should be the guy because last year he showed a lot of progress in training camp. We were like, oh, man. But you come from an Oklahoma offense to the NFL offense, it's such a huge difference mm-hmm. that by the end of the year when he played in Week 17, he showed that uh, he might have the possibility of being a starter. What's next now? So we've got, what, three picks left in the second round? Is that correct? We've got Tennessee at 29. We've got uh, Green Bay at 30, Kansas City the 31 in a pick that they got from San Francisco and then we start the third round what's what's realistically yeah, yeah. next and if if you are Rick at this point in time do, uh, do you consider taking some of the names that you gave me just a little while ago mm-hmm. Matthew Collar and coming up and deciding okay I'm going to package some uh, day 3 picks to try and get up in the third round to take some of the guys that you went through up in the third could be a great play for the Vikings. Uh, and, with, and that sort of is a Rick thing, right? I'm not yeah. wrong on that one, am I? Last year was strange because he kept moving down and down and down and down yeah. because they had been deadlocked on Alexander Madison. Not that Madison's turned out to be a bad player, but it was surprising to see them so set on one guy in the third round. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, you know, this draft is different. This one has a ton of talent in the early third round. And we'll see how things continue to play off the board. Um, as uh, it was um, the Michigan defensive lineman, or is he an outside linebacker? Uh, he just went off the board. Uh, I don't know exactly how to pronounce the Uchi? last name. Uchi, I think, is how you pronounce it. So he went off the board yep. to the New England Patriots. So now you have the Titans, the Packers, the Kansas City Chiefs, the Seattle Seahawks, all that are going to come up here shortly. Um, and then you get into the third round, and there's a lot of defensive talent. Uh, you, you know, you look at 
Uh, Christian Fulton has still not be, been taken. I've got to expect that one of these teams selects him. Josh Jones will be selected here, but I think now our focus is almost entirely on offensive talent, and maybe there's an intriguing receiver that ends up dropping that it wouldn't be a bad idea to take two receivers. It wouldn't be a bad idea to take two corners. Um, Cameron Dantzler is a corner from Mississippi State that I would keep an eye on. Um, but really, I think you're looking at what's going to be there for defensive line. And a guy, there are two edge rushers that I really like and I think have a chance to be very good players in the NFL, and that's Julian Aquara mm-hmm. from Notre Dame and Curtis Weaver from Boise State. I mean, maybe you want to make this the Boise State draft where they take uh, you know two quality players from Boise State. But, but uh, Curtis Weaver, his numbers at Boise State, it's very much like Ezra Cleveland in the way that the guy was dominant. Yes, it was lesser competition, but he just beat the tar out of that competition. And, uh, you know, Weaver doesn't have unbelievable combine numbers, which is why he will not be one of the you know top picks. Otherwise, with this production, he would have been one of the top picks. But his production is absolutely fantastic. So he had 15 sacks last year, 12 sacks in 2018, and 11 sacks in 2017. Wow. That's why I like him because that's that's all he did. He's a little on the shorter side, but that's kind of like Everson Griffin. So you know these guys could make it midway into the third, and uh, they could also let it play out and see how it goes. But there are not that many good defensive ends in this draft, and those two are kind of the last two that I see as as being very interesting. Give me a path to Christian Fulton right now. Well, that would probably be you look into that stash that you got. You know, you yep. sort of somebody calls but, downstairs and says, "All right, go, you know, go up in the in the top closet." You make it sound like a drug deal. You know, you you pop up the the thing in the the ceiling, and oh, there's that a thousand dollars that you need, like the emergency stash. Well, the the Vikings have emergency stashed all sorts of different um, draft picks here yes, in the late have. rounds. It probably takes multiples of those. Uh, it might take your fourth. Like, if you were going to move up that high, would you trade a fourth and your third to move up to early third? Maybe. To help my depth chart at cornerback, which, as you've said throughout tonight's show, is is a place where you really can't have enough good players? And remember. Yeah, I'd consider it. Found money. Like, that fourth-round pick is found money. Yeah, exactly. You didn't lose oh, anything. Christian Fulton just went. Oh, okay. T- yeah. Tennessee took him at 61. Yeah, I thought that would happen. I mean, him even getting to this point is uh, pretty surprising. So Fulton is off the list now. And that leaves a fun us, conversation while it lasted. It leaves us with defensive line. The other guy that I might consider mm-hmm. would be um, probably like Ben Barch, the guy from St. John's, a very good offensive tackle, but where he's can a you project. Get, and though. where can you get him? I think though? late third. I think you can wait for him. Okay. Uh, He'll fall to you. TCU's Lucas Nang, another guy. Bryce Hall of Virginia, more of a zone corner, but I mean, at this point, you might be interested in him. Um, yeah, I, there is a lot of defensive tackles and defensive linemen who are still available and project offensive tackles that you could potentially get. Where there are, we're running out of guys mm-hmm. is the um, wide receiver who could still be there and still make a difference. Uh, there's a couple of guys, though. K.J. Hill from Ohio State, Lynn Bowden from Kentucky, Playmaker. Um, are, are those guys that would go tonight or probably early tomorrow? I think early tomorrow. tomorrow. Okay. Yeah, I think those are fourth rounders. Okay. But you know, you're in the late third. So if you think guaranteed someone in the fourth round early is going to take a K.J. Hill or a Lynn Bowden or Tyler Johnson, by the way, um, then you take them there. 
So there are you know, a handful of guys who could still be difference makers as wide receivers, but what I have this really pegged for is interior defensive line or edge rusher because you know you're not getting Everson Griffin back. You know that uh, Fadi Adenabo is good yep. as a rotational rusher, yep. but would you like to have him rotating with someone else who you're developing? Probably. Sure, why not? You, you probably want that stalwart there if you can and get And I've him. done that before, too, by the way. What's that? This team has had good success with taking guys and developing them. Oh, yeah. Oh, and so yes. I've done oh, yes. that before. Yes. So if I see if I see intangibles on film that the majority of teams miss or pass on, I've got confidence in myself. If yes. I'm the Vikings and and in particular Andre Patterson, that he's got the skill to develop those players. And the way that they usually go is they either go with a Curtis Weaver type who has great production in college and maybe doesn't check every single box, but the tape is really good. Mm-hmm. And that, in a way, is Jeff Gladney, too. Jeff Gladney is not exactly six foot one and didn't run a 4-3, but um, had just great performances in college, and you like his mentality and makeup, so you take him. This holiday season, Peloton's got a gift for you. Get up to $200 off accessories with the purchase of a Peloton bike, Bike Plus, or Tread. And take your workout to the next level with accessories like non-slip grip dumbbells, a heart rate monitor, cycling shoes, and more. Peloton, motivation that moves you. This limited time offer ends December 25th. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. All access membership separate. Offer ends December 25th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com. Venture X from Capital One is the travel card for people always asking, Where next? You earn 10x miles on hotels and rental cars, and 5x miles on flights booked through Capital One Travel, and 2x miles on everything else you buy with Venture X. Plus, receive premium travel benefits like access to over 1,300 airport lounges. The Venture X card from Capital One. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details.